Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Living Well with Janet, where we explore different health and wellness topics to enrich our ever-evolving personal practices. I'm your host, Janet. I cannot believe that we are already in the month of April. We are a quarter into the year already. And to commemorate this fourth month of the year, I want to highlight that April is Earth Month. It's a time to celebrate our beautiful planet. Now, I know that it seems like every news article, publication, title, and post nowadays is about how the world is getting worse. The oceans are expanding, or they're drying up. There's too much water. There's not enough. This animal just went extinct. We're killing the environment. We're not recycling enough. Stop driving your cars. Why aren't you composting? The world is ending. It seems like nothing we do is enough and things just keep getting worse. I've actually had a few pretty serious conversations with my partner about the depressing state of the world and how it makes us very seriously reconsider bringing children into this landscape. I'm not kidding, we've actually gotten into, I wouldn't call them fights, but they're healthy disagreements about this. Now, I understand that humanity is at a pretty critical point in history, that things have been and continue to be quite dire, But I also believe that the media we consume can skew a lot of reality. As much as we hear about the horrible and drastic situations, we don't hear enough about the improvements, the amazing milestones, the aspects that could provide positive reinforcement and support to give us reason to keep trying and putting effort toward turning around what can feel like an enormous train speeding toward a cliff's edge. So in honor of Earth Month and to celebrate all the strides we have made so that we can be motivated to continue making them, here are some good pieces of news about significant improvements we've made in the world over the last few years. The first thing I want to talk about is the Great Barrier Reef. I don't know how many people have heard the name said, have seen videos and images of the beauty of this amazing giant reef. But we've been hearing a lot over the last many years about how we've lost more than half of its coral over the last 30 years. 
And this is the largest coral reef system on the planet. And it's absolutely critical to a lot of local and global ecosystems. However, due to the efforts to lessen overfishing and pollution, recent assessments actually show that it is returning to levels that have been unseen since the 1980s. So that is an amazing piece of news for such a huge part of our natural environment on this planet. The second thing I want to talk about are animals. Now, I'm pretty sure that many of us have seen those videos going around of the really sad, emaciated polar bears whose fur is turning brown because they're struggling to survive on dry land in the absence of, you know, natural like water and snow, colder environments. Well, it's true that polar bears have experienced some of the worst effects of climate change, but new research suggests that they may actually be more resilient than we think and that they're actually adapting. So scientists have found a group of polar bears in Greenland who have adapted to the changing conditions despite shrinking sea ice. So they're learning how to hunt on platforms of freshwater snow and ice. And they've actually found that these bears are genetically different than other species in the region. And why this is important is because it suggests that nature may actually be adapting to the changing conditions, which is really hopeful because adaptation is a lot better than extinction. Now, there are other animals who are also particularly important to the ecosystem and have been on the brink of extinction because of climate change and human intervention. One of those is the tiger. Now, why are tigers important? Besides being beautiful animals, they also serve as a primary predator and are essential to a healthy ecosystem in many areas. So protecting tigers means also protecting watersheds for fresh water, which goes to millions of people and helps keep pests and diseases under control. Well, due to crackdowns on poaching and land preservation efforts, we've actually recently learned that the population of tigers across Asia has increased 40% over the last five years. That is amazing, from near extinction to a 40% increase. Another animal that has been on the brink of extinction is the bison. Now, bison are important because they're major grazers and they maintain prairies and fields that have plant species which are absolutely necessary for other animals like insects and birds. Thanks to indigenous tribes, bison have actually recovered beyond the brink of extinction and actually to the point where they're considered now thriving. Now, what's interesting about this case is that researchers are really curious to learn more about how these indigenous tribes have helped to recover the species of bison so that maybe they can replicate it for other species. So we've talked about some animals which are critical for the natural environment and ecosystems. But what about humans and our actions which have really brought us to this state in the first place? Let's talk about some critical countries which contain some of the largest populations in the world and therefore whose actions can have mass impact. First off, let's talk about China. China is responsible for the most carbon emissions in the world and has also been slower to address these issues than other nations. Well, I will say it's probably hard to address something so large when you have, you know, millions of people that you're working with. You know, it was originally estimated that China would reach peak emissions by 2030. But because of rapid expansion of solar and wind infrastructure, all the great efforts that have been put into these alternative sources of energy and power, China is actually on track to reach peak emissions before 2030. And we'll see emissions drop after that point. 
that is a huge feat for such a huge country trying to get, you know, such a mass amount of behavior to change. Just getting it to stop hitting critical point and to begin decreasing is such a big accomplishment. And this one case and country is significant because it alone can help keep global warming below the two degrees Celsius threshold that was set by the Paris Agreement. Another country that is quite important because of its mass population is India. India generates about 3.5 million metric tons of plastic waste each year. But they announced a ban on single-use plastic materials and have a pretty detailed, phased-out plan to actually make this goal a reality. This country of 1.4 billion people has set a date of 2070 to reach net zero carbon emissions. Amazing. Now I want to talk about solar panels. Some of you may have heard over the last year or so that the U.S. federal government has offered various incentives to homeowners to encourage them to put solar panels on their roofs, and that will help generate more clean energy. So one of the issues, or I guess you can say like critiques of this approach, is that many communities, even with these financial incentives, wouldn't really be able to afford putting solar panels on their roofs. And so how is this going to be effective if a lot of people can't afford to do this? Well, President Biden signed an executive order to help connect people in subsidized housing areas to community solar projects. And the White House actually estimates that as many as 4.5 million households could get access to solar power. That is huge. 4.5 million households using solar power? That is definitely going to create some sort of change. Now, if that wasn't enough, did you know that IKEA is going to start selling solar panels? IKEA is a big conglomerate with locations all over in different cities, and they have partnered with SunPower to sell home solar panel kits. So you're going to actually be able to go and pick out a rooftop solar system and a battery storage unit, and then they'll have people come and install it for you. So that takes a huge barrier away from what might stop people from wanting to purchase solar panels. Not only does it solve a availability and access issue, but it also makes it easier because they will help install it for you so you don't have to figure out how to do that on your own, which makes solar panels so much easier and accessible. Now, we can't talk about climate change without talking about electric vehicles. The transportation sector is, after all, one of the biggest sources of carbon emissions. Thankfully, we have been seeing a lot more electric vehicles out on the road. And with the increase of these electric vehicles, we've already seen a lot of amazing impact. According to Bloomberg NEF, electric vehicles have helped decrease oil burn by 1.5 million barrels a day. A day. Now, you might be thinking, okay, that's great. Some people are starting to buy electric vehicles. But how are you going to make this massive and large scale without addressing the ecosystem of fuel? Where will people be able to charge their vehicles? Well, the White House has announced that they are putting $700 million toward electric vehicle charging. And this will actually create 250,000 new charging stations that are going to be installed across the country to facilitate interstate travel with electric cars. So there you go. The next thing I want to talk about is meat production, because meat production is one of the biggest contributors to greenhouse gas emissions. Now, I know I'm not going to try to get all of you guys to go vegan or vegetarian, but I want to just share a couple of interesting things that are happening in the space. One is a company called Good Meat, and their goal is to establish meat production without using actual animals. 
They plan to do this by using animal cells collected from eggs or cell banks so that no actual animal is actually raised or slaughtered. They signed a contract to build massive bioreactors to produce this cultivated meat. So not only would this reduce carbon footprint, but it would also be, you know, a more ethical way to produce meat. Okay, so say good meat doesn't take off or it takes a lot of time to reach mass production. There are still a lot of things that are being done to address the current meat production systems. So part of why meat production is such a big problem is actually because of cow farts. Cows are really big animals, and when they fart, they produce a lot of methane. And this is bad for the environment because methane increases greenhouse gas emissions. Well, scientists at Washington State University are finding that a microbial culture, which is actually, this gets even stranger, made from baby kangaroo poo. And when you add it to something that is simulating a cow's stomach, it actually, instead of producing methane, it produces acidic acid. So acidic acid is not going to harm the environment, which is great because then now we've taken that problem away. But what's interesting is also they're finding that this acidic acid also benefits cows because it aids in their muscle growth. Hmm. Science is so interesting. <laughs> also, an another random thing I found is that Bill Gates is funding an Australian startup that is working to combat methane-emitting cow burps. So, you know, cows are large animals. We're not only addressing their farts, but also their burps. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With free and gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Next thing I want to talk about is the ozone layer. I think many of us grew up hearing in you know, our school science classes that there is a hole developing in the ozone layer. And you know this is really bad because it makes life on Earth susceptible to harmful radiation from the sun. Well, I have some good news. According to the UN, the ozone layer will actually heal mostly by 2040. And in fact, by 2045, it'll heal over the Arctic and around 2066 over the worst damage part, which is over the Antarctic. The ozone layer is literally the barrier between us and the fire of the sun. So, phew. So I want to close this list out by talking about 
one of the biggest things that people are trying to address with climate change, at least at the consumer level, and that is plastics. More than 90% of plastic is thrown out in the U.S. and is not recycled and ends up in landfills. Well, here's something interesting. Researchers at the University of Texas have discovered a plastic-eating enzyme variant. That's right, an enzyme variant that eats the plastic and actually can break it down in less than 24 hours. That's huge to me. I think if they can figure out a way to refine that and do that at scale, I feel like that really changes the game, right? And another solution for plastic waste, specifically in the ocean, is the water shark, which was invented by Richard Hardiman, or what he calls a Roomba for water, or water cleaning robot that can collect up to 21,000 plastic bottles in a day. That is really cool. It is really interesting to hear about all of the strides that have been made and all the promising discoveries and inventions and projects that people are working on to address the issues that are causing our planet to go into distress. And in helping me gather a lot of these findings, I want to give a shout out to Mike.com, which published an article that was actually originally in April 2022 titled Five Good News Stories About Climate Change. And they actually updated it in August 2022 to be a long list of many more than five good news stories. So if you want to have um, a scroll through of a giant, giant list, um, I'll link their article below. Uh, I also refer to Euronews.com for their articles, which I will link in the show notes as well. So these are some great pieces of news about the state of the world to help you celebrate this Earth Month. And I want to close out this episode with three things that I'll be doing to help the planet. I know that it can seem really overwhelming sometimes to be environmentally friendly, and the list of things that you should be doing or you can be doing can seem infinite. So I'm going to make it simple and just share with you three habits that I'm going to be putting into practice. The first one is I'm going to make a greater effort to limit fast fashion purchases. I've already been trying to do this by really minimizing my wardrobe, but I will still make the occasional purchase from Zara, H&M, you name it. But this year, I think I'm really going to actively try to avoid making purchases from Zara, H&M, and Topshop. Even though I love Zara pieces and Topshop style, but fast fashion is a huge contributor to a lot of things that are distressing the environment in terms of water consumption, uh, carbon dioxide emissions, textile waste and chemicals, and not only the environment, but also to the health of a lot of workers. The second thing I'm going to try to do is regarding reducing my carbon footprint. Now, there's a bunch of stuff that I know I could say in here, like, let me try to save energy, turning off the lights more, blah, blah, blah. But the thing that I found that was kind of interesting, which I didn't know, is that you can actually lessen your carbon footprint by taking the stairs over the elevator, which I guess makes sense, right? It's such a small habit, but I think that if you start to do that more regularly, it can really add up. The average person that actually generates 6.5 kilograms of carbon emissions by using an elevator. So when it is possible and when it makes sense, I'm going to try to use the stairs instead of the elevator. The third thing that I've already been doing, but I'm going to call it out anyway for anyone who might be so inspired to also try it out, is to eat more plant-based. Eating more fruits and vegetables, whole grains, all of that is going to have a significantly lower impact on the environment than eating meat. You know, this doesn't mean that you have to go fully vegan or vegetarian. Like I've always said, any amount of change, even if it's one meal per week, can really, over the course of time, make a difference. And in this case, hopefully, you know, with eating less meat, it would also benefit your health. That will be my three things. 
of course, I'm going to throw in just one last one in there um, just for anyone else who's looking for some other things to look into. One of the biggest things that we can do to prioritize the environment and the planet is to vote for candidates who will value the environment and make it a priority. So that's another thing that I'm going to be doing. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you found it uplifting and a nice change of pace from some of the normal headlines we've been seeing in the news nowadays. And hopefully this not only provides hope, but also inspires you to make some changes of your own in support of the planet. Even small actions, when done repeatedly as habits, can build up to big results. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave an earth emoji in the comments of our IG post. And if you feel so inspired, share with me what small actions you'll be taking to help the planet. Once again, this is your host, Janet. I can also be found on Asian Boss Girl, the podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman with my good friends, Helen and Mel, who are also hosting their own shows, which you can catch on the same feed, new episodes every Tuesday. You can follow ABG on Instagram at Asian Boss Girl and me, Janet, at Janet W. That's Janet, the word double, and the letter U. Thank you.